Welcome to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. Jackie Ressler, a divorce financial planner with almost 25 years experience, and myself, Melissa Freidenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. We are both certified divorce financial analysts and your co-hosts. If you're thinking about divorce or in the process of divorce, this is a time for you to take a deep breath and give yourself permission to gain clarity on the financial decision they're facing. While the term wealth typically refers to money and possessions, we know that truly being wealthy means a whole lot more. Together with our guests on this podcast, we will help you live wealthy after divorce. And welcome to today's show. I'm Jackie Ressler, a certified divorce financial analyst with Pearl Planning in our Birmingham, Michigan office. And I'm very excited to be joined today by my co-host and my colleague, Melissa Freidenberg, who is also a CDFA and a financial planner with Pearl Planning in our Growth Point office. Melissa and I often collaborate and work on cases together. And we keep seeing the similar issue coming up again and again. So we thought that this would be a great topic for us to chat about on a podcast. We find that clients are struggling with getting their retirement accounts transferred to them after the divorce is over, especially in light of the craziness going on in the market right now. Absolutely. And I should say clients that don't work with someone like yourself during the divorce process seem to be a little bit more confused, lost, what have, what have you when it comes to how the assets that they've been awarded in the divorce process are going to get into their name and over to them to have control over. So right. uh, Jackie handles the financial aspect of the divorce through the divorce process. And we are both certified divorce financial analysts. I work primarily with people after the divorce process when they are working on getting their financial picture together post-divorce. So it is so fun to do a podcast with Jackie who you know sees the other side, I should say, of the process. Because oftentimes by the time it gets to me, it's too late, right? <laughs> right, right. It's like putting the toothpaste back in the tube is what we... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Melissa, what are you finding that... And this is the part that I'm, I'm not really that sure of. I obviously know what's going on in the market lately. I hear it but it's really a tangent to my my part of the practice. How are you finding that, that the market volatility is impacting clients who are waiting for money from their ex-spouse's retirement accounts? Sure. Well, so just oh. yesterday, today is June 14th. So the 13th, uh, Monday, the market was down. And I say the market, meaning um, the broad index S&P 500, 3.9% just in one day. So... Nice. This, uh, and actually officially as of yesterday's close, it brought us into bear market territory, which means down 20% or more from the high, which was January 3rd of 2022. So now that we are in bear market territory and we are expecting volatility up and down um, throughout the summer, at least, and probably throughout the next six months or so, at least, that volatility means much larger swings than people are accustomed to over the last few years in their both equity and the bond market also has had some volatility. So what that means is in the case of divorce, if somebody is expecting a certain amount, dollar amount, as far as the division of assets in the divorce, whether it's 
qualified money in retirement accounts or other investment accounts outside of that, the values that they're actually getting when those assets are transferred are not the same. So I've had a few cases recently with big surprises. So that is certainly something that affects my clients by the time they come to me. And I would love, Jackie, if you could touch on maybe that process of getting those assets to them and why there is such delay in that. That is an excellent question. And so typically when the divorce is done and after all of the details have been worked out, when I say details, I mean the big details. So who gets to keep the house, what the parenting arrangement might be between parents of minors. When all of that is done, the attorneys will draft a settlement agreement or sometimes just a judgment of divorce and that gets entered. And that has the nitty gritty in it of what how assets are going to be transferred. The problem is, is that usually as the door is hitting the client on the backside, the attorney might say, and by the way, you need to get your IRAs transferred and you need to get a what's called a quadro or a qualified domestic relations order. It's a, a quadro for short. And the clients sometimes don't hear that or they don't realize that timing is such an important issue with that. As soon as the divorce is final, the judgment of divorce is only binding on the two parties. So it's not binding on the person who is the owner, let's say, of the 401k. I mean, it's it's binding on them, but once the divorce is final and they you know, walk out of the courtroom, they can change the beneficiary on those accounts. And they might be in contempt of court in terms of their judgment. But if time goes by and they change it, and let's say that they die or they move the money or they get remarried and they retire, they might be in contempt of court. But that also might mean that the person who's planning to receive the money might be out of luck. So timing is critical. And it's it's really become obvious in a, a time when the market is very volatile People now understand that the timing is critical. Whereas before, you know, the issue of, well, you know, you should, probably shouldn't wait five years to get your quadro done because who knows what's going to happen. I think that, that people are feeling that issue more critically now because the market's going down. So Absolutely. And that's, that's what I've seen too, because I, I, the problem I had with a client about a month or so ago was that she was so anxious to get the assets moved over that she was a little bit ahead of the paperwork, if you will, with getting the quadro signed by the judge and then getting to her ex-spouse's employer to make that change in the account. And she was very anxious to get it in her name and allocated in her risk profile, right? Because the market was losing enough that it was, you know, thousands of dollars a day, right? As this was delayed. Like so, right, yeah, I, I agree that people are now caring more about it, which is a good thing because mm-hmm. I used to see people coming in saying like, oh yeah, I have this quadro for my divorce two years ago and I need to move oh, these absolutely. over. <laughs> Your client that's that's on top of it like that, that's my dream client. That's the best client, the one that is on top of the paperwork. Um, well, I because... may have been buzzing in her ear a little bit too. So. <laughs> well, that's good. And again, that's the value of having a financial advisor like you involved when the divorce is done. Because you do understand that it's critical. And with volatility in the market, we always tell clients from a financial planning standpoint that they probably shouldn't be so concerned about volatility if they're in it for the long haul. So if they're right, I mean, if they're going to, they're depending on that money for retirement, you can afford to ride out those short term ups and, and downs. But when you're waiting for money from your divorce settlement, and let's say that you got more money in retirement assets and the other side got the home equity as an offset. Well, the home equity isn't bleeding out right now, whereas your 
retirement account value is really taking a dive. And if you need to access that money, there might be a lot less there than you thought when you started. Um, now that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So it, it, it do you want to explain, maybe touch on how that division happens? So it's, I think I yeah. find when I meet with people, they're confused. Some are happy with their divorce settlement, some are not, <laughs> but <laughs> neither here nor there. But since you work during the divorce process here, at least in Michigan, they're trying to divide the assets equitable. But that doesn't necessarily mean even right. retirement assets or equity in the home or cash in the bank. Do you want to? Yeah, no, that's that's an excellent point. So in Michigan, in every state is a little bit different. In some states, there's a required date where every asset in the marital estate is valued on that date. And that's the date that's used as a division date for everything. In Michigan, we don't have that. So it's in if you live, let's say, in a state where the the date of divorce the date of division for all of our assets is always going to be the date that the case was filed. That's easy because then we can say, okay, my case was filed in January. So all of the, you know, we're going to take a snapshot in time of all of the assets and put a value on them as of that date. And then you're right. You're not, we're not usually dividing every asset necessarily individually in half. We do a lot of horse trading. So the overall settlement in Michigan is going to be equitable or, you know, primarily equal, but it's a matter of, you know, which assets are best for each party. And that's one of the things that I do with clients is try to determine, you know, if you want to keep the house instead of refinancing the house to pay your ex out, maybe you'll take a little bit less in retirement accounts. And then we have to tax affect that to make sure we're comparing apples to apples, but we don't have a division date in Michigan that's set in stone. So people generally use the date of divorce as the date of division, but while you're negotiating your case, you can agree that you're going to use a different division date. You could say, if I have a client that's very high uh, risk averse, let's say, and I know that the market is going down, 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 I might say, you know, we really want a division date of March 31st. That's the date that we think is a good date. We're really nervous about You know, my client, they don't own the 401k right now. They don't have any access to rearranging the asset allocation inside the 401k. So instead of doing that, we're going to take a division date of March 31st, and I'm not going to take any investment gains and losses. So that means if the account goes up tremendously until I get my money, I lose out on my share of that upswing. But also, I've protected my principal. And if the account goes down, I don't share in that either. That's one of those areas where clients really need to be their own advocate in their case and have those conversations with their attorneys because we don't have any rule in the Michigan statute that says you have to include investment gains and losses from whatever the division date is until the date the person gets their money. So interesting. So that's a, is that like a case by case basis that the lawyers add that in or not add that in? I find that most of the attorneys that I work with fall back on using the, um, we're going to include investment gains and losses. So the, a lot of attorneys will have kind of template language that they use in you know case after case. And the retirement account division is complicated. So it makes sense that they would have some standard language that they use. And a lot of them will put in that it will include investment gains and losses from the division date, whatever that date is, to the date that the person actually gets their money. But all of that is negotiable in our state. And so There have been cases that I've been involved in where we take a look at an account statement and, you know, husband has all of, you know, say a million dollar 401k invested in one stock. This actually happened to me in a case. Everything was invested in one stock. We looked at the statement halfway through the divorce, you know, matter. And I suggested to the attorney, we need to 
liquidate our client share. And because this is a very risky stock, what happens if it goes down? This is all that they have as far as assets. And whereas husband's going to be able to go out and continue contributing to his retirement account, my client, the wife, wasn't going to have any funds to contribute to retirement. So it really mattered to her. And they, the other side refused to liquidate her half to cash inside of the 401k. And by the time she actually got her money, she called me about a year and a half later and she was not working with a financial advisor and they had wait, dragged their feet on the quadro and her half of the account was down and the account actually had gone down by 75% because it was invested oh in one stock. And that was what she was stuck with for the rest of her life. Yeah. So, you know, so it is something that clients need to be aware that they can negotiate whether or not they want to participate in gains and losses. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that that's similar. I mean, it wasn't as far down, but similarly, my client was um, in a much lower earning bracket. She is working, but she's not going to be able to come up with the amount of retirement assets that she was, you know, her husband had stashed away that they were planning to use together in retirement. And I've also seen, you know, some divorces are contentious and some are not, but I do feel in this particular case, if you're soon to be X is a little bit contentious, they can drag out the quadro process a little bit longer as far as waiting to sign things. They have a certain amount of time. So in her case, this went on and that downside volatility was was dragged on, you know, longer than it needed to be. Right. And again, it's when the market is up, nobody really seems to mind. (laughs) When the market is going down though, everyone should be asking their attorney, you know, do I need to participate? Like, I'm worried about this. I, my my um, time horizon, especially for someone that's taking, planning to take a distribution out of a portion of that account. And can, can you explain that a little bit? Because I find when I meet with clients, they don't know, they don't always know that that is an option. They think there's a penalty to take money out of their ex's retirement account. So touch on right. that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So When you get divorced, you have a one-time window of opportunity to take money out of a qualified retirement plan. A qualified plan is a plan that's sponsored by an employer. So not an IRA, it's a qualified plan. And out of a defined contribution plan, like a 401k, you can take money out of that and avoid the 10% penalty that you would normally pay if you're not 59 and a half years old. And that is IRS regulation 72T2C, which... You don't need to know that. Oh my gosh, need... I'm having a flashback to my like exam for the CDFA. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you don't need to know the technical part. But and you know, your sometimes accountants um, might not even be aware of that because it's not something that they run across in like a, a general accounting practice. So there is an opportunity, but you have to be the person who's not the employee. So let's say that um, you know John and Mary get divorced. John has a 401k with a hundred thousand in it. Mary's getting fifty. Mary has the ability to take out a share of all of it, all of her 50 or some of her 50 in cash um, and roll the rest of it over to an IRA. Whatever she rolls over to an IRA in her name is not taxable. Anything that she takes out as a distribution is going to be taxed at her ordinary income tax bracket. But because of this special IRS 70, regulation 72T2C, she would avoid the 10% penalty on that. Right. So, and um, that is, you know, that's important to point out too. Yes, you can take money out, but if you take 100,000 out, that's going to be 100,000 in income for the year you take the distribution. So it's not totally right. free money. There's definitely, you're going to be taxed on it, but 
I think so often people think, you know, oh, this has to be retirement money where you touched on if somebody else gets the equity in the home, which they can use to purchase a new home, you may need to tap a little bit of that in order to put a down payment on a home Mm -hmm. or, you know, to just kind of pay for the divorce and the the gap maybe in employment between you and your spouse. Um, So it's an option, but it's not completely free. Right. No, it's not. And that's why, again, I always recommend that my clients work with a financial advisor post-divorce like you help your clients with because you can help them figure out, you don't want to take out too much because whatever you take out is a distribution you can't put back. So, you know, you don't want to take out too much, but also you have this one-time window. And so it's not as if you can roll everything over into an IRA and then a year from now say, oh, you know, I think I'm going to take out money for um, to finally pay off my legal bills or some credit card you know, payments. At that point, now you're going to get hit with a 10% penalty on top right. of the ordinary income tax. So it's so important for people to evaluate that with their financial advisor to get that, you know, that personalized input. Right. And that is one of the, yeah. the biggest things I do when I sit down with a client post-divorce. It's, do you have an emergency savings? Do you have credit card debt? Where are you, you know, where are we now and where do we need to get to? And then we can determine how much to keep in retirement assets and how much we need to have as far as cash on hand and what the client can afford as far as housing and everything else. So that is that is the work that I do, but it is so much easier to do when their attorney has used a CDFA during the process of divorce because I feel that that division may seem to fit a little bit better for their needs as you kind of touched on. Yeah, I I think so. I think that again, most divorce attorneys are really good at a very specific area of the law and they know they are part therapist and part attorney and they also have to have some financial knowledge. So, you know, any of this extra work in analyzing what's best for the client um, and, and talking about division dates and talking about setting realistic expectations for clients about when they can expect to receive the money from those quadros is really important. I have one last thing that I wanted to ask you about because I know that I I lean on you for this a lot, but when I'm referring clients to you, I am hoping that you will help them complete that quadro paperwork. Do you find that a lot of clients that you're working with post-divorce, they, they need help with, with filling out the paperwork? Is it easy for them to do? And is that something that is part of like of something that, that you're able to do faster for them? Sure. Well, you know, it faster is, it depends on how well the um, decree was written or how clear I should say and what information is right. in there. But yeah, I mean, you touched on in the beginning, they basically at the end of the relationship with the attorney through the divorce process, they're handed like, you know, their decree or emailed these days most often, but it's Mm -hmm. like, here you go. The information's in here. And there's a little paragraph that's like, you need to call this company to draft the quadro, which I find my clients are, you know, kind of confused as to that. Some of them are prepared for it. Some have not ever talked about it. And they think right. they're going to just get a check in the mail for the yeah. retirement assets. That's always my favorite one. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'll be getting it any day. I'm like, I don't think that's how yeah. it works. But um, <laughs> the other thing, you know, is is let's touch for, on the emotional factor, right? You have just been yeah. through one of the most, if not the most emotional processes in your life, especially if there are children involved and it was a longer marriage or if, you know, you maybe weren't the spouse that wanted the divorce. And so you're already not thinking clearly and there's this 
I see this like celebratory period, right? Right after the divorce is final, where it's like, oh, I just want to put this pile of papers to the side and never think about it again because that was tough. So Mm -hmm. I definitely want to say that I am not blaming this on their attorneys, you know, as far as why (laughs) these things aren't touched for a period of time. But yes, that is that is what I enjoy doing, that kind of work. It's why I focus on working with women post-divorce because that ability to empower women to say, you can do this. This is what you got to do. You got to call this number and you got to give them this information and they're going to create an account in your name. And then your options are this, this, or this, right? And so that's all I'm really doing. They still have to make the call. I do sometimes depending on the complication of the accounts that are being moved over and Mm -hmm. the ability, I, I feel like, again, that emotional state that the client is in. I will have them come into the office and we will call together on speakerphone and I know the right verbiage to use. So yeah, that is absolutely something as far as paperwork or even as something as simple as they don't have, you know, a computer printer. That happens, you know, Mm -hmm. a printer or scanner. People are trying to, you know, divide assets and household items and they're moving to a new location. So yeah, when it comes to part of that post-divorce process. It's getting all those things to the right places and calling the right places, filling out paperwork. That's a lot of the services that I offer to clients post-divorce. Right. And I think that's where you add so much value. And and I think that for even during the divorce process, that's where you know a CDFA adds a lot of value by taking on some of that emotional burden for the clients and being the one that's keeping the list of all the things that need to get done. I know that, you know, for you, some of the clients that you've been working with that you're dealing with, with the Quadro, the clients don't understand that, you know, it shouldn't take X amount of months to get, you know, and, but because you deal with them on a more regular basis, you know what to expect and you know how to, um, how to relay that to clients. Like you said, no one's going to be sending you a check. And when I used to draft quadros, we would get calls all the time from clients that thought we had their check. And, you know, we're just the quadro drafting company. We don't, we didn't issue any, you know, checks to any clients. So um, I'm really glad that we got to talk about this today. Is there anything else that you, that you want to add that we haven't talked about that you think is important for this topic? Um, no, I, I don't have anything necessarily to add. I will maybe just touch on the market volatility and say this, that, you know, as I kind of started out talking about how we're officially in bear market territory, I am not suggesting that anyone, no matter, you know, everybody's individualized. But I'm not saying you want to be out of the market. I just want to clarify that you do want to participate in the upside in the recovery of this market. So I don't want anyone to feel discouraged if maybe they're splitting assets going through a divorce right now, and they're worth a little bit less than the statements you got last time, I guess I would say that we control the things we can control. And as soon as possible to get those accounts in your name and get them allocated for your risk tolerance. And that does not necessarily mean in cash, but if your ex-spouse maybe had one or two stocks, like you mentioned that example, then it's something where you would need to, you know, be a little more diversified or maybe a little more conservative in your selection. But I don't, I just want to make sure that I'm I'm clear that I'm not encouraging people to hide from the market or put everything in cash because oftentimes I see, especially women who are the majority of the people that I work with, are maybe too conservative in order to, you know, that long-term growth that they need in the market to 
grow their assets too. So right. I don't want to pick, I don't want to discourage people the other way. I'm not. Yeah, no, um, that's a good point. That's an excellent point. And again, that's why I think, you know, for a lot of these people that are going to be coming into managing money on their own for the first time to come into it in a bear market is scary. And they need to make sure that they have that encouragement to stick with that, a long-term plan because for a lot of you know my clients, this is all they're going to have for the rest of their life. So it has to it has to earn enough to last them. Exactly. So while you don't want to lose it, you do have to it still participate. Or especially with the current inflation where it's at, you will not even be able to keep up with inflation. So I just wanted to clarify that. But I just want to also take a second to thank you, Jackie, because your expertise in this process, uh, I know you just kind of mentioned briefly that you used to draft quadros, and that is something that to have someone working alongside of you with your attorney to make sure that you're making the right choices when it comes to the division of assets, somebody that has that experience with the, you know, the legal paperwork required to do that is just so valuable. And I am so blessed to be working alongside of you to have that perspective and just a wealth of resources. So I'm very excited about working with you and of course, doing this podcast with you. Yes, I can't wait for more episodes. So we'll have some some links for how people can get more information about pro planning and about the work that you do with clients and the work that I do in the, the notes below. And I look forward to taping more shows with you. Same. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy After Divorce podcast. You can find more information on Melissa Fradenberg and Jackie Ressler on our website, www.pearlplan.com, as well as on our podcast website, www.wealthyafterdivorce.com.